Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be hearing from the Cavan Commodes captain, Aaron Galligan, um, as they embark on a fundraising event. And uh, obviously, they'll be starting their season relatively soon. They'll be training from the 19th of April. So, um, time to get things rolling there. But as always, before we go to Aaron Galligan, I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor of the Anglo Celt. Um, and Paul, we couldn't start this without pointing a big, big finger over at our neighbours across the wall who are breaking the rules. Monaghan have been caught training. Are you surprised? I'm surprised they were caught, yeah. They're <laughs> <laughs> usually cute, like. Yeah, I, you know what? Um, I I have sympathy on one level for, for teams who are out training um, to an extent because they're kind of doing something that would have been sort of lauded and I was as a, as a great positive thing to do at one time uh, was to get out and be active. Uh, but the part I don't have sympathy is that they are getting an unfair advantage. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of counties who have been caught training that, that they are getting an unfair advantage and sort of breaking the rules, but not sort of, they are breaking the GA rules at the moment. So from that point of view, it's not on. Now, from as far as I know, Cavan are not training because people are all around the country are saying, oh, everyone's at it. Uh, I've heard that some counties in Ulster are training. Um, I've heard of one or two counties in Ulster that are definitely not training. And I don't believe Cavan have done any training um, that I can collectively, that I can gather. What I wanted to ask you, Damien, and this is, this is uh, something as a manager that you'll know better than me. What is the benefit of it at this time of year to be training collectively that you, like, you know, we're, we're, Good bit out from from a competitive ball being kicked. Considering the risk you're taking and the, the bad publicity and maybe fines and suspensions and everything else, what is the benefit of actually meeting up for a training session now? Uh, like, what can you get done that you couldn't have got done remotely at this stage? To be honest, there, there probably is a lot. There, there, there is a lot that you could do um, in terms of your tactical work. You know, as, as much as you try... You can you can put up demonstration videos and Zoom meetings, and you can use graphs and 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 images to uh, try to bring the, the the team plan, the game plan, the system onto it. But until you actually get out onto the field and know positions, where the ball is going to be, where you're meant to be in that situation, and so you you can do that. Other than that, there's there's zero benefit. 
mm. you know that that's the only area that that really attention is needed that you could gain advantages in that's why i i was very surprised when i seen the images of the dublin ones and, and dublin coming together in nines you're not doing tactical work at that point you're doing skill work and none of the work that those lads done well the, by by the, the images that i saw it was skill and conditioning there seemed to be some runs involved none of those things couldn't be done on their own mm. couldn't be done with a man a wall a ball and a bit of grass and i so i don't understand the benefit of that i think that that was that was poor i haven't i haven't seen what monaghan have done or what they were doing the the the, the word in the independent is it was a full training session in terms of 25 plus um at the at the session with with, with all management and everything in place so maybe they were doing tactical work and, and and from that point of view there may be an advantage you can gain but whatever about county like they don't they don't necessarily have a date there was speculation that they're going to be playing league football at some stage in may towards the end of it but most likely and then into june so they have four weeks of preparation once they once they get to go ahead i i'd imagine i i don't see i think the risk Trading off the risk to the reward, I, I, I think it was a silly decision. And funny enough, talking with Mickey Graham, he was saying last year that their, one of their greatest advantages were that the lads got the time away. They, they were told to look after themselves. They were given programs to make sure they physically come in in good condition. But they were given time away to clear their head and then came in fresh, hungry, mad to go. And I actually had a conversation with the with the, the All Ireland winning um under 20s manager um from Galway yesterday. And like that, they had that big gap in between their Connacht final and the All Ireland semi-final. They didn't break any rules, they 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 stayed away. And he said it gave us a, an unbelievable freshness and, and an energy around training sessions that we wouldn't usually get. So he 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 said following the rules actually played big time into Galway's advantage, he thought, because he had heard that other counties weren't uh, following the rules at, at that level. So he, he felt it was a big advantage. The, the mad thing for me is I'm hearing stories of club teams coming together and, and, and doing training sessions. Now, we're in a situation when the reality is clubs may be allowed to come back training at some stage in May. There won't be competition until June at the very, very earliest. And, and I think it could be July before we see even like a league or something like that go off here in Cavan. And I don't see the advantage in doing that in any way. I don't, I don't understand why they're doing it. What they're coming together to, is to do physical work. Um, and, and I don't see any benefit to it. I think that, that you're going to end up with born out. Like there was another person I was talking to said that the Galway seniors um, last year, they missed time to run by doing too much when when they uh, when when the, the club was going on the, the, apparently allegedly they, they were the county team were coming together and training while the club was going on and it ended up leaving that they were they were bored out that they didn't have the energy when they needed it at the right time of year so mm. I, I think that I, I definitely go we were were uh, very heavy legged looking when they played Mayo in that league yeah. match and then going into championship yes that would make sense yeah, without a doubt, it it, <coughs> it 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 looked that way anyway. To me, it looked like Galway, who were very fit 
fast team in, in the league games that I had seen earlier on in the year. Looked looked like they were full of running, full of pace. Mayo ran them off the field, you know. So I thought it was uh, it was it it it, it was just I think I do think managers who will learn from it, like, but there's no advantage when competition is so far away in bringing teams together too early. Like I I'd say you'd even have heard it in the past of Oh, did you hear this club team's now training in December? Oh, they're back in November. These lads are back in November. Yeah. Did you ever hear of them winning the championship? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. I, I, I just, I, I think you've got to time those runs. Don't get me wrong. The days of going in winter and putting on four stone and, and coming back and running it off collectively, they're, they're completely gone. But lads are more aware of their own conditioning themselves and they don't want to go to that scenario. So, and on, on a more holistic level, Damien, by if you're a manager and, and you're saying to your players, like, we're, we're, we're training collectively on such and such a night and, and everyone has to be there, are you not sort of sending out a message that you don't trust those lads to, to do the physical work in their own time? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I definitely think so. And I, I think also on top of that, you're sending out a message to the lads that it's okay to break rules. And therefore, you put in a rule that okay, lads, you're, we 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 want you doing this. So we, you know, you're breaking the rules by coming together and training. So why can't I break rules? Mm. Yeah, so that's I, that's I, it. it. It I think it it feeds into a bad culture around around the setup. But it also it also is probably not surprising because, like, we do observe the rules quite loosely in the GA at times. Certain rules that like the training band that was on a couple of years ago if you remember when Cavan were training at Breffney and there was a journalist walking out after an All-Ireland Club semi-final or something and he spotted a few of the Cavan players like Cavan had ignored the, the training band as, as counties all around the country were but we do tend to ignore um, rules in the GA and, and it doesn't bode well for when the split season comes in like if we hear about yeah. you mentioned that there was a possibility Galway trained last year um, during the club season when the split season comes in like you know, our county teams going to be training, encroaching on that club time. That's you know, can we trust county teams to follow that rule? That's another thing. Well, the big issue, and this is where I have to say, I was, I was, I, I'm, I'm trying to choose the right words here. I was um, slightly impressed that the GA took on um, Cork and Down and gave punishment out because usually it's no, don't do that. And when a county goes and does it or a team goes, it's, ah, well, you know, look, please don't do it again. Please don't do it again. It's, 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 it's a repeat, but there's never a punishment for breaking rules in the GEA, you know, to a certain level. So whether it be, you know, clubs coming together or counties coming together to train when they're not meant to be overseas uh, training camps, the, the, these whole ideas, the, the GEA need to make a rule and if you're in breach of that rule, there's a consequence and we'll, we'll implement the punishment. But mm. up to this point, they hadn't been doing it. And I think that, that that may have just changed over the course of COVID. And I'd like to think that it would carry on when we go into a split season. You know, I, do, I don't see the, the necessity of, of overlapping there. If club players are playing football, then they're, they're getting the best training that they can get if there's enough games for them, you know, so... I I I hope I would hope that county managers will see it differently, and I think talking to definitely talking to a lot of under twenty managers anyway, they seem to 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 to, to value the the ideas that are coming out of Crow Park in terms of 
why we shouldn't be breaking the rules. So, um, you know, we, we could be coming across a new crop of managers that, that, that will be more in tune with what's best for the players and not necessarily looking like we're always trying to get a hand up on, on somebody else because, you know, a happy player, and, and, and this is where even under current restrictions, I wonder where all of the players, whether it be Dublin or Monaghan, were all of the players happy that they had to go and break the law mm. to participate? Or was there some of them kind of going, oh God, well, I can't say no or else I'll be dropped off the county panel, but I don't want to break this law. Oh, I better go. But you know, you're, you're creating a, a, an opportunity there for a player to be unhappy. And mm. a happy player is always a, a good player or, or, or closer to his best. So I think that that's a risk that they played with the players as well there. So, and I don't know, did you hear that rumour? And, and, and again, I, I will state that this is very much a rumour. It, it, was, it was by no means uh, confirmed in any way. But that the Dublin, the, the whistleblower was somebody involved with the Dublin senior football team. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. I, I didn't hear that, but I, I actually was thinking about that and who might it have been. It was someone obviously that had knowledge that that, that training session was going on in the Inish Falls Club where they train at the exact time. At that exact time, so it, it had to be someone close to the setup or or someone close to that club who was facilitating, you know, opening the gates or opening the dress rooms for them at that time. So, oh yeah, no, I, I I'd be pretty sure that that wasn't someone a mile away, like from the from the Dublin setup. But like, it's laughable too. Like when I always I always remember like Dublin went on a trip to Belgium and France and they went to the site of the, you know, I think Passchendaele or the Somme and uh, the GA pulled them up on it and they were like, no, no, this was like a historical trip for us. You know, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, maybe it was. Maybe all these these Dublin footballers are big into World War I uh, history and we're going to see those sites as a group in that exact window when, when GA teams usually go for a training camp. Maybe that happened. But the best one was when Wexford were caught and, uh, Wexford got away with it, as far as I remember. They didn't get a fine. But Lee Chin was asked about it in an interview, and he was like, oh, no, we all we all went. And they went to somewhere like the Algarve, uh, one of those destinations where, where teams do go for training camps. He was like, no, we all went, but it was just a holiday with a group of friends. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. It was like, but it, 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 it illustrates how difficult it is for the GEA because, you know, yeah. If, if they could prove that every fella booked his own flight or whatever, like it wasn't booked by the county secretary, uh, or so, stuff like that and you know the GA don't have the power to say that 20, 30 friends who happen to play a camogie or Hurland for Wexford can't go on a holiday to the same place mm. during that exact window when there's training camps there and maybe the manager might go too because he's a friend as well oh yeah well look you'd, you'd always consider yourself a friend of, of all the players but it, like again it probably comes down to can you gather the evidence 
to prove or to prosecute to, to bring it the other way. The um, other thing about that Inish Falls, I think it's Inish Falls it's pronounced. That's very interesting that, that Dublin trained there and they still train there. Um, like that, that's been a base of theirs for, for a few years and they train there in the winter. I, I'm not sure where it is. I think it's up around uh, or near the airport. Yeah, yeah. So, somewhere like that. But it's interesting because by like you could see by the pictures, it looks like a it looks like a, a small country club, almost mm. like North County Dublin is sort of country area. It looks it looked a little bit like Red Hills pitch to me with the trees and all in the background. But uh, it's interesting that Dublin still train there, and everyone talks about all the money and all that. And like that place is well known has been quite run down, um, and there's been times where they have no hot water and stuff like that. And like the Dubs do still put in the work. And it's like it's sort of a Rocky uh, type situation. Like where Rocky was fighting Drago in Rocky Four, and one lad has all the technology, and the other lads out in the mountains and chopping wood and all that stuff. Like I think Dublin clearly uh, don't aren't the pampered millionaires of the GA that that are made that they are made out to be. I think that's I've always believed that that um, you know you can't buy in All Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure the the, the sponsored car that brings them out to industry. <laughs> Just to just to back up your argument there, but look, it's about show, yeah, sp- chauffeur driven, and uh, and the breakfast was laid on in the, <laughs> in the, in the I don't know the Savoy or so. <laughs> the, the sponsored car, so no, like, no. like you know, if you go back fifteen years to Celtic Tiger days, like and and the Cavan team, uh, would say, or any of the, the, the Donegal were a team back then as well, who were described by Keith Duggan as half football team, half stag party. Uh, if you had give, if you'd have given a few of those boys sponsored cars, it would have gone straight to their heads. There's no doubt about it. I think it would have been a major distraction. Um, so, like, yeah. you know, I, I do think, I, I always remember an interview I did with Katrina McKernan, and she said, facilities won't win anything for you. She says, it's great to have these beautiful tracks and treadmills and altitude training. She says, she did altitude training a few times, and she'd go to, you know, oh, the... Al- right. <laughs> <laughs> but she was saying like those things won't win it for you uh, yeah. she said like she did most of her training on the golf course in, in Cavan uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 they're not the thing they're nice things to have and maybe make things a little easier but they're not what, what wins it for you so I know we're getting off the point a little bit but yeah. it, it, it does kind of bug me about the dubs that that, that is said all the time because I, I, know- I it's just not true yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I was joking, obviously, in terms of the cars. It's, it's, uh, it is part of, of the. It makes it easier for them, and they do have advantages. But they're by no means just a pampered bunch of professional athletes because they do work. So, but I, do you know what got me thinking uh, about this? And when I seen the, the, the independent this morning with, with, with Monaghan acting up, and now Dublin obviously behind them. But how much of the blame of this? falls on, on the government's feet in terms of that intercounty players were elite, then the elite rug was whipped from under them and now the public perception of the GEA because of that elite status being taken from them is, oh geez look at them breaking laws, breaking rules you know, the, the government has to have a huge part in, in, or a huge finger of blame pointed at them here mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Like I think the the minister uh, Chambers has been poor over this whole mm. thing. Like the, the rug has been pulled up under the from under the GEA several times throughout the pandemic. Like they've been 
they've been blindsided, the GA. And I think patience has run out with certain teams at this stage and they're starting to flout the rules. Maybe that was inevitable. It's human nature. Like, um, I think in general, the GA did very well in, in, in 2020 in terms of sticking to the to the rules. Now, the county final celebrations, okay, they, they were wrong and it definitely, the optics of those were very bad, but they weren't club, uh, official club events either. Bar the one in Cork, um, where the, the club organised a, a parade or a homecoming and the GA uh, did lash out or did bash them for that. Mm. Yeah. But but the likes of a piss up in a pub after a county final, you know, as I said at the time, you know, so a lot of those people weren't even going to be members of clubs. There might be friends or family who you know interested in the game, or even if they are a member of a club, you know, if you go into a pub, are are you there representing the GEA because you're wearing a, a a top for that club? So, um, I thought the GEA did very well the way they put the facilities at uh, at the use of the for COVID test centres and. You know, they were very quick, very, very quick to, to call off all competitions last March. And I think when competitions, I remember interviewing Park Faulkner at the time and he was like, in the space of an hour, schools were closed and the GEA had, had called off everything. I mean, that's when he, when he knew it was serious. But when the GEA called off everything, I think people knew, okay, right now we need to take this seriously. So I think the GEA did very well. And they haven't, they haven't, reading between the lines, they haven't been treated very well by the powers that be either. Now people might say, who, who the GEA think they are? But, you know, the GEA are, are in every community in Ireland and they've put that apparatus at the at the um put that put that at the facility at the disposal of, of the, the government essentially. Like they were organizing um to get food out to people and to do shopping for people. All that was done through the GEA club network. So I think they are a special case. And like I was re- I was reading recently John Fogarty had a great piece of, of reporting in the examiner how the GEA were told like on the maybe 23rd or 24th of December that, that Intercounty was included as an elite sport under level five. And a few days later, that was basically written out of law and they weren't told that. And that's what, what caused the whole problem then when when it came to getting back. The GA were under the impression that they were allowed all along and that they were the ones who were being mature about it and deciding not to go ahead with it. They thought, they thought that, okay, we can go any day we want, but we're going to hold off and be responsible. And then they realise actually we don't even have that power anymore. So I think that was and the GEF kind of be blackguarded a wee bit through this as well. Yeah, I I have to say when I when I heard that that piece about the timeline of the change from elite status to to non elite, you know, I, I think the GEA were, were were treated terribly by the government. And I think the the government has to hold their hands up at this point and say, in reality, you know, these these players are elite. Like and I, I heard somebody on the radio making the, the statement, well, look at the differences between rugby and the, the League of Ireland. They're, they're professionals. A lot of the League of Ireland players aren't full professionals. They, they hold down jobs. They do the same as Gaelic footballers do. So to say that, that the professional argument makes it elite, then, then the, the League of Ireland would not be going if it was just full-time professionals that were playing in League of Ireland. We don't have full-time professionals playing all the time in League of Ireland. There may be some, but there's definitely not all of them. So I think that that argument is out the window. I think the GEA yeah. have, have, um, have, and particularly Intercounty Senior. Look at I'd love to see. And, and, and actually, to be fair, you technically do have some full-time professionals in the GEA as well, if, you, if, the, if that crude barometer was to be used, because you have, I mentioned Lee, Lee Chin earlier, Richie Hogan, fellas like that have come out in interviews and said, oh, uh, Darren O'Sullivan a few years ago was another. He said, look, I gave up my job. I just said, I'm just going to play football for this year. And 
know, I, I always thought there wasn't enough enough men of those stories, really, because you had fellas basically come out and say, "No, I decided to go go pro with my football here for or my Ireland for a year or two. So, uh, you, you do have that in the GA as well. So, yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I thought that was that anything that what anyone who tries to make a distinction between being paid or not being paid as a classification if you're a leader or not I think is totally wrong well if if, if, if it was the case then the Olympics would be would be a very small uh, you know if, if, if an Olympian isn't a, an elite athlete then where are we going you know yeah. and they're not all full-time professional athletes and you take Leona Maguire um, she's a professional now but she was the world number one amateur uh, and there's like a thousand players on that list of who compete in the top amateur event, the ranking events. And she was the number one in the world. She was traveling all around the world to play in these things. But she was amateur. She By by definition, she had to be amateur to be the world number one amateur. Uh, yet she signed a contract and the, the next day she, she was a professional. Did she suddenly become elite the next day? No, she was still the same person and she was still doing the same training. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. You, you, you try to tell me in the handball world that Paul the Gunner one of five world titles isn't elite. Yeah, I, I, it's it's it's. Uh, I think that that's where the government have made a mistake, and and it's caused this is incident with both Monaghan and with Dublin, and there, look at there may be more coming out. And another another uh, thing as well is boxing. So if you look at uh, p- professional boxing is classified as elite in this country at the moment, and there's a lot of fellas boxing professionally in Ireland who are actually it's actually costing them money, or they're making when they take their all the training and all the rest of it into account, it's actually costing them money or they're making a very small amount based on ticket sales, which obviously there's been no ticket sales this last while. Um, so, yeah, you know, the top amateur boxers are on big grants. The top grant, I think, is 40,000, uh, which is a lot more than most, than any professional boxer in Ireland. Uh, maybe Barcade Taylor is making at the moment uh, and Frampton, obviously, but none of them are making that. So there's loads of fellas that are working full-time it's not just like they're semi-pro, semi-pro at the boxing they're working full-time jobs and the boxing on top of it uh, and and they're classified as professional but you know th- there's amateurs in boxing that are way more elite than they are yeah completely completely agree completely agree um we're we're, we're recording this coming up to uh midday on thursday the the uh, the ga are meeting at the moment so the cccc are meeting this morning the, the chairman of the county boards are meeting sometime in the afternoon and the secretaries later on this evening. And it, it all looks like there's going to be a calendar um, basically sent out for the resumption of, of football or of, of, of GA activity. So um, have you heard any rumours or much about it? No, I had a piece in the paper this week where uh, I was talking to Liam McCabe, secretary of Cavan County Board, and he said his own personal opinion, and I think I imagine this has been informed by discussions he might have had off the record or whatever, is that the minor will run along with the senior. Uh, now, he doesn't know about the under-20, which I know is your priority, obviously. Uh, he doesn't know. He said he didn't know about the under-20. There's talk it might be played soon, it might be played at the end of the year. Um, in terms of the club, champ, the club scene in Cavan, going by talking to Liam and again he said he hadn't consulted with the CCC but this was his probably from informal discussions or from his own personal hunch is that the, there might be a split all county football league so you might have get six games played quickly before a championship and another six or seven games played after the championship just for this year to get that played off and the other outstanding game obviously is the junior championship final and they're still insistent that that game will be played now I spoke to a fellow from Den at the weekend and he was saying he, he didn't think it'd be played he's like oh, the rumour is and it won't be played and I said well 
my understanding is that the county board are t- determined to play that game. So what Liam McCabe said to me was, he could see it being played even a week before the, the new championship throws in. So he, he says, let's say a date off the top of his head of August the 10th for, for the start of the championship. He said, then a Templeport could play on August the 3rd, maybe. Uh, so that's something to look forward to for those clubs as well. Please God, that'll be played. Yeah, I, I have to say all of the, 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 the word that I had heard was that that game will be played because the alternative is that they both stay junior. Because I think we we um, had said that both county or both, the county board had offered both teams to go up the intermediate and neither wanted to go up without winning the junior. Yeah. So to keep them both at, at, at junior level for another year, I don't think would, would serve, serve a... a a good purpose so it's just when you fit in that one game and if it means that they play one less league game whether that be at the start of their league or the end of their league or the middle of the league um, and then they catch it up after the championship whichever they're in whether it be junior or intermediate um, then what about it like it, it, it's something I'm sure they'd all be delighted to do the, the most important thing I think is when you got so close to finishing it the, the two teams deserve the opportunity to play that and I think the county board are very keen to make sure that they do get to play that. So, yeah. Um, in terms of the inter county All Ireland or uh, inter county football, I, I'm hearing we're going to have league football, definitely three games, um, and most likely start in end of May or start or first week in June, and then it'll it, there's the potential of a semi final and final in the league, um, or and and if that's the case, these are. Some of the proposals that I've heard maybe in consideration, but that um, so if they go with a three-game league semi-final and final, then they'll go to a knockout championship. But if they don't go with a semi-final and final in the league, they may try to put in a back door in the in the championship. So okay, um, either way, it looks like the the All Ireland is 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 going to be uh, an early August final. All Ireland football final. Great, that that'll suit us. Hopefully, we'll be at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, covering Cavan, please God. But yeah, look, sooner it comes back to better because I think we're all missing it at this stage badly. Uh, and I imagine the Cavan players in particular are now are are fed up because they were hoping to get back in January. Short turnaround had all the momentum built up uh, from obviously their bit great win in the Ulster Championship. But uh, like Killian Brady said to me last week as we heard on the Die Hard podcast, that some cabin players didn't even take a break last year. They kept the training up all over Christmas because they were expecting to run straight into it. And he was saying that, mm. you know, if they had known, they might have afforded the opportunity to take a longer break. But I suppose them's the breaks. They're the breaks, exactly. Um, so later on in the in the week, hopefully later on today or, or tomorrow, we'll be previewing over on the Die Hard service the preliminary finals where Colin Wood are taking on Brisbane Lions, um, Ashton Shorten, uh, representing Cavan on the Collinwood side there. So that's going to be um, the game's taking place Saturday morning at 10 past seven. So a whole lot a whole lot easier to get up and watch that one, Paul, than it was last week. Last week, 10 past five. I was up watching it though, I have to say, thoroughly enjoyed it, but we'll be we'll be previewing that one properly over on the diehard service. Um, but looking ahead then to this weekend the Cavan Camogues are doing a fundraising event and to look ahead to that and to talk about an unbelievable year that she had gone by last year. I caught up with Cavan Camogues captain, Erin Galligan. 
So, folks, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by uh, Crushala and Cavan Camogue and Lacken footballer um, Aaron Galligan. Um, as Cavan Camogues are embarking on, on a, a fundraising event this weekend, is, is it going to run an awful distance through an awful amount of clubs? Explain to me what exactly is going on, Aaron. Yeah, so uh, we're starting in Breffney Park at 7 o'clock uh, this Sunday, the 11th of April. And we have a rota done out with all the girls in the clubs um, to run around their individual clubs and come back to Breffney. So, um, for example, we start off in Breffney and then a certain amount of us run. We were in groups of two, run from Breffney to through Ballyhays, which is Castle Tower, then on to Kill, then on to Drumgoon, um, Baileyborough, Shercock. Um, Lara, which is through Stradone, then Crosskeys for Den, Crishlaw uh, through Kinlek, in through Lacken, and then out Balignan, and then back into Breffney Park. So we're starting at seven o'clock on Sunday, and uh, yeah, each of the girls has their own little rota and a time estimation that they'll meet the girls that on the road that are coming to meet them then they'll transfer and uh, run a bit and then they'll meet another two girls at the end. So, so yeah, through us, yeah, it's, it's a relay, yeah, yeah. So by the whole, I think we have 40 of a panel now. So all the girls are included. So we've spread them out over the distances range that the girls are running between four and eight K to, to connect us and to, to link up the whole club. So, yeah, that's the initiative. So hope for the best. It goes, uh, it goes well. It's a great idea. And I suppose it's, it's important, maybe more important now than ever, because Funding and fundraising has been so difficult and, and Calvin Camogues obviously done great work last year, made great progress, but nothing can be done without a certain level of fund. So how, how can people contribute? How can they help out with this? And we have a GoFundMe link um, on our official Calvin Camogie Facebook page and our official Calvin Camogie Instagram page. Um, so people can go in there and leave money like that. And then I do understand that there is a lot of people out there that don't maybe have access to these social media platforms. But if you could get in touch with anybody to do with Calvin Camogie, whether it be a player in your parish or a neighbouring parish or the you know the committee or anyone involved um then we we'll, we'll organize to get to get the funds to us but as you say there damien it is a challenging time you know um to to, to do fundraising and we understand that but uh we'll just we're just trying to get to kind of target lots of people throughout the county so it's not left on certain individuals to give a lot if we can touch as many people as we can throughout the county of calvin then that means everybody's given a little and no person's made give a lot yeah. so that's that's the idea between um uniting the clubs so we have 10 clubs so we're just trying to touch those 10 clubs by running through them highlighting that Cavan camogie are doing their fundraiser and that every little bit helps mm, I, I was i was going to ask where exactly you're coming in on the run are you starting it off or are you coming through you you probably bridge between kinelec and lacken yeah <laughs> I spread my wings far. Um, well, I'm starting it off at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, leaving from Breffney, just heading out the way to uh, Ballyhays. And then I'm finishing then the road from Ballina into Breffney then. Okay. So that's my part. But um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to suggest there that, that, that a good idea would be to carry a bucket. And, you know, if people see you along the road, they can fill the bucket. But you don't want to be the last one carrying that bucket full of coins. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a tough run. Um, being in Calvin, there could be a lot of coppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could be. There could. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll we're trying to do everything as um, 
sorry. We're trying to do everything as uh, COVID compliant as at all possible. So keeping the girls within their 5K restrictions and then trying not to have as, as you know, much cash or that. Um, give, you know, floating around as we can to limit um, contamination or that. Yeah. But online will probably be the safest for everyone. But um, if it's not possible, please don't hesitate to get in touch and we can organise a donation. Everything will be gladly appreciated. Yeah, well, very, very, look at a, a worthy cause and considering the progress made last year, there should be great public support for, for that fundraiser. So taking place. Yeah, we're, we're also given a donation as well to Q and Cancer Services, the support network for cancer sufferers in the locality as well. So a donation um, of, will be given to them as well. So that's a worthwhile, worthwhile cause. So um, we're yeah. glad the players are glad to be able to give something back to them as well. Makes makes us it spores us on as well that we are given to such a good a good uh, donation as well. Without a doubt, charity, Without a doubt. great great charity. In fairness, um, so looking back on twenty twenty, I was just when I was about to pick up the phone to talk to you here, I was looking at it. Could twenty twenty have gone any better for you between football, camogie? You had a, an absolutely phenomenal year. Yeah, I suppose I was lucky, um, just lucky to be part of the teams that won. Yeah, it was a great year, I must say. A short year, but a great year. Um, I suppose getting to the All-Ireland final was totally enjoyable there with the Cavan Camogie. It was a whirlwind of a couple of weeks there, um, getting that far. Obviously, we fell short in the All-Ireland final, but um, the more you think of it, the more you know, you've learned so much from that day and even preparations beforehand. And then on the day, like, you, you know, it's a learning curve and uh, we've pocketed a few things from that day that we'll uh, put to work and put to men's now when we get back in a couple of weeks time and we all have that kind of soreness maybe in our heads from losing so you know it'll, it'll only work in our favour to drive us on forward when we get back to the pitch um, then with the club team with Chris Law yeah it was it was a good year there we won the county final in that um, obviously Ulster was pulled short on that we would have liked mm. to progress into that but um, these things happen but yeah glad to glad to achieve that and then with the football as well that was that was a nice it was a nice win after us um, not getting to a final or not in contention in a final for a good few years like we would have had good years past and I don't know maybe some of us thought maybe we were done or will we ever get there again and it was just it was just magical to get that far again into the final and to win it and bring home that trophy with the girls that you know we've soldiered on through for, for so long together that was great but Again, then we went up to the Ulster Club Championship and played St. McCartan's in that. And uh, we got our first win there after, you know, we had won uh, county championships before, but we never won a first round of an Ulster Club with the football. So getting that under our um, getting that under our belt was was magnificent as well. But unfortunately, that was pulled short as well. So um, I suppose you're always just going to be trying to be greedy and trying to win more, you know, that kind of way. In an ideal world, we could have progressed into Ulster Club club and went further into that or like hoped or even been given the opportunity but 100% yeah yeah if I had to set out goals for 2020 before the year started then them three would have been top on the list so um yeah but sure we'll try again for 2021 and see what happens I I have to say I love the greed in you that that <laughs> you're, you're looking for more you win your senior championship with Lack and your senior championship in Camogie with with Crush Law you win the the, the Nancy Murray with McCavan Camogues flying, winning trophies all around, and you weren't happy with three big ones. You you wanted two more, but that's, that's probably what makes Aaron Gallagher such a competitor. <laughs> 
<laughs> the years are numbered now. They need to roll in quick. <laughs> These extra ones fits on the side. I don't know how an old man like me feels. Tell me then, how has, so from going from a scenario where you're training for football, you're training for Camogie, club and county, you know, you must have been meeting up with teams and players four or five times a week, and then you're back into a lockdown, and now we've been months on end where you haven't been able to meet with it with it with a group of players. How has that been on you? Um, yeah, it's tough. You'd miss that uh, that buzz around from for like um, a lot of people around. Like uh, like you're constantly seeing different people and different faces every single night of the week and different banter. So we are missing that buzz and the team spirit and the adrenaline of playing with people. But um, I suppose you, when you during it, you're just thinking right, like just get back to basics here and think you know, I'm well, the family's well, like the girls are all well on the team like thankfully nobody has suffered too badly so you just have to think like we did go through a trying time there was a pandemic in the world there was a lot a lot of hurt and tragedy that was going on around us so you know what I mean sport is great but it's a hobby and it's an outlet um, and once you're healthy and you're well and that keep continues you know you're just kind of you're you're happy that 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 much in life is going well for you and then you just you kind of keep ticking along then on the side with um, County there, we would have had a running programme and a gym programme. So you just kind of do your bit. Like you have good good weeks and bad weeks, you know, like some weeks you're you're all for it and you're out four or five nights a week and you're gunning and you feel like you're improving. And there's other weeks, you know, after a bank holiday weekend, it could be it could be the end of the week before you get your, your mojo back. Yeah. But I mean, it's just good to get into a sort of a routine and try and keep that. And like there will be, there was some evenings there where you'd love to, to lie up and that. But I suppose just that little push inside your head, you know, at the end of it, you know, you're going to feel way better. And, you know, you'll you know you'll reach the you'll find the benefits when you're coming home in the car after a session or that. But, uh, mm. yeah, I just think getting into the routine of doing something every week was beneficial. And then you have the girls on the group, the WhatsApp groups motivating you. Like we would have put in, you know, photos of what we have been doing and that. So there's that bit of guilt if you go a couple of days without doing anything. You're like, oh, I'm here and make it back get back on the bandwagon here again so um but the time has flown in I suppose I'm lucky as well that I was constantly working throughout it so that kept me busy as well and kept me in the routine so um there's a lot to be grateful for as well yeah I suppose that's that's uh maybe the, the most important thing is to have the positive outlook you found a positive in it is there is there learning from the lockdown that maybe some of the slog and some of the running that needed to be done in the groups before could be done as individuals rather than bringing, I know obviously you're based in working in Arva there and, and, and based around Cavan, but for the players that, that have further distances to travel in college and that, do you think that, that at, at county level in Camogie, that sort of work can be done on their own without putting the, the tax of a travel on top of it? Um, yeah, I, I do think it can be done on its own, but there's there is something special about meeting in a group to do it. Um, that it gives you that bit of competition. Like you always have that person who's a few well, maybe this is just me. Lots of people that are a few steps ahead of you, but <laughs> you always have that people that are ahead of you, and you just you try and like not get that 
you try to bridge that gap and by having people that is like you have a little goal to try and keep on their heels or try and pass them or try and set the pace so I think doing it in a group it's easier mentally to do it in a group and I do think you get more out of yourself by doing it in a group that's the way personally I am I, I feel like I need somebody kind of hot on my heels and somebody ahead of me to keep me up to the pace and then there's the, the bit of encouragement and you know okay last two we can do it and then somebody else will speak maybe on the next one and you know that kind of way just those words of encouragement that you get at the end of the day it's a team sport we're, we're playing with a team and surrounded by such a group of people from where six seven eight years of age I think it's within us to be able to push at our best surrounded by people so I I feel like I'd only get the best out of myself when I'm surrounded by a team okay very yeah it is a valid point you're going to that natural instinct for competition for competitiveness is is going to be enhanced when somebody's on your shoulder and you're coming to the last yeah. 30 40 meters you're going to push a little bit harder with that competition so it is it's, it's definitely something that that will be brought forward have you been given an idea then in terms of the cabin commodes of when you get back i know obviously you are allowed to train from the 19th but uh, games wise, any rough ideas when we may see you back? Um, we haven't got uh, league fixtures yet for Camogie. Now the LJFA fixtures were released yesterday, and they have they're starting the twenty third of May. They have three league games, and then depending on how you get on, semi final and final stage, and it's over by the the finals. I think the last weekend in June of that. So that's the LGFA. So I would say that the Camogie will replicate that in some degree. So I'd say around that weekend, the 23rd of May, then going forward, depending on how you get on, you'll have a, a minimum of three league games, which which is nice, which is good to know as well. And in the league, who are Cavan facing this year? See, it's hard to know. Um, I know the second teams have been placed back into it, so it will probably be the same as last year. So we had Tyrone, we had Roscommon, we had, we were supposed to have Wicklow, um, Limerick B, and I'm forgetting, forgetting one other team. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see what way they do out the fixtures now. If, you know, we'll be only be playing three, you know, we'll have three games. We'll play three other teams or whatever. Now, who they are, I'm not sure. We'll probably know by the end of this week, I'd say. Very good. If, if it is the 23rd of May, it'll come around very quick. So it's, yeah. it's, it's probably something I'd say the excitement is starting to build within the group. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think just everybody's so um, just excited to get out and just play a bit of camogie, like especially the weather these evenings and like the longer evenings and the brighter, brighter times. Like you just want to be out maybe like with a stick and uh, a stick in the ball and just like playing with your friends, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, that makes me sound like a 10 year old. But yeah, it is like <laughs> just with the bright evenings, you do just want to be out and about playing games. You know, nobody wants to be running anymore. You just want to be playing like and the pitches are drying up now as well so hopefully it'll be good when we do get back Aaron I don't think I'd be insulting you to say that that, that sometimes you've been known to act like a 10 year old so there's, there's no harm in sounding <laughs> like it so true 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 young at heart, <laughs> young at heart exactly. old on the bird cert <laughs> come here just give everybody the reminder again the fundraiser going on this weekend um, and if they want to donate they can get onto the social media pages on Facebook Instagram probably Twitter as well and yep. there's a GoFundMe link there that that Kevin Camogues would uh, would gratefully um, take any support that you can that you can. Yeah, offer. any little bit at all, um, been greatly appreciated. Yeah, brilliant, Aaron. Thanks very much. Can't wait to be back covering Kevin Camogues and, and looking forward to another successful year.
great stuff. Thanks for all, Damien. You know what? I always love talking to Erin because she's she's such a, a bubbly, you know, funny sort of character that, that you can imagine training sessions there. She's always kind of the, 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 the person who is maintaining the tempo, whether it be that we've got to work harder or we've got to have a, a bit of fun. And she definitely always seems to have a bit of fun in her. Um, but I laughed at it. You know, she wins a senior championship in football. She wins a senior championship in Camogie. She wins the Nancy Murray in Camogie with, with Cavan. And yet she still wanted more. You know, it's just that greediness that, uh, that makes her probably such a great competitor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've interviewed her once or twice as well. And I was struck by that. Excellent speaker. Great ambassador for Camogie and Cavan. Like she's the type of person that you want. Uh, trying When you're trying to push a sport like Camogie or one of the, the smaller GA sports, you want someone like that that's that's you know very personable uh, very outgoing and articulate and i think she does a great job uh, in that role for Kevin Kamogi. yeah without a doubt so don't forget to try and, and support the Kevin Kamogi's fundraising event this sunday you can get onto their social media there as Aaron said um facebook twitter instagram and just go to the gofundme page so they're they're they're, they're in need of some support so hopefully the Kevin GA community will get right behind them paul Thanks a million for joining me. We'll be uh, we'll be over on the Diehards podcast before the end of the week, having more uh, discussion about football coming up, and hopefully we'll have a couple of interviews um, lined up. We have um, we're just trying to get a hold of Mickey Graham at the moment, so I know I can understand he's busy planning for April nineteenth, but we'll try and get him on the podcast over in the Diehard service in the next week. Dead on, Damien. Thanks for having me.